Welcome to the Art of Slowing Down to Quantum Leap podcast that I created especially for conscious introvert entrepreneurs. And if you desire to grow and quantum scale without the hustle and are ready to discover the missing pieces to effortlessly running a solo line business, then this is for you. And I'm your host, Annalena Fuchs, a human design and energetic alignment coach. And my mission with this podcast is to provide you with a shortcut to your most aligned path to success and financial freedom using a powerful combination of human design, science, and spirituality. And I myself have shifted from working nine to five to now enjoying the freedom of creating things on my own terms. And I want to help you do the same. It's Annalena here, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Slowing Down to Quantum Leap podcast. And I have a very, very special guest here with me today, which is Lele Gonzalez. And she is originally from the US, but living in Switzerland. Uh, she's a wife, mother, entrepreneur, and total lover of all things energy. And her own journey in self-transformation has become a central aspect of her work as a Feng Shui consultant and interior designer. And I just can't wait to hear more about this. Um, and also Lely focuses on both the physical and the energetics of your home to harness its power and create spaces that propel women towards the next level of expansion, abundance and harmony. So welcome Lely, I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much, Annalena. It's so lovely to be on the podcast with you. Yeah, and I have to say, I'm so excited to learn today because I have heard Feng Shui, you know, so many times. I know it has to do with, I don't know how we decorate or move furniture, but to be honest, I'm a bloody beginner. So <laughs> I would love to hear from you, like, how can Feng Shui help us, especially being online entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, how can they support me in my life and my business? Um, that is such a fantastic question. And it's kind of, it has a long answer. So I think we all hear about feng shui in articles and, you know, different things. And the first thing that I always like to talk about is that there are different kinds of feng shui because there are different schools. And um, a lot of what we hear about, like what you mentioned about your furniture and your decor and stuff um, tends to be more Western feng shui. And to me, um, you know, it's an important layer, but there is a deeper layer, which is the type of feng shui I studied. It's called flying stars or traditional feng shui. And that really looks at the energetic blueprint of your home. And, you know, kind of like we have our birth charts with uh, human design, um, your home has a birth chart. So based on when it was built and the compass directions and different factors like the architecture and, you know, um, you know, different factors of your home, we can actually calculate the energetic map that your home has. And we can then take a look at your home and see what type of home it is. So there's four types of home in feng shui. And, um, you know, they're either good for people and good for money or good for one, not the other or bad for both. And then we can look even deeper inside your home and to see, you know, how is the energy um, 
both sort of on a permanent level as well as on an annual level, because with flying stars feng shui, we also take into consideration the movement of the stars, essentially. Um, So, yeah, so every year um, around the Chinese New Year, a new report would be created to look at how that year's energy also affects your home. And um, within this, you know, we have remedies based on the natural elements of water, fire, metal, earth, and wood. And we recommend these remedies to enhance or to mitigate the energies of your home. So, you know, a home might, like I said, it could be good for money or it could be good for people or, you know, and it can have very specific issues with it um, in and of itself that when we understand our home's blueprint and when we can actually take a look at what our home can support us with or what we might need to alter in order for our home to support us. Um, It's really amazing. And as entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of us tend to work from home. So having a space that is aligned, having a space that's energetically set up in the best possible way, it's going to help us. And with feng shui, you know, you have um, a map of your home. A lot of times you see what is called a bagua map and it has nine areas and it relates to all the different aspects of our lives, like our career, our relationship, our wealth, you know, our health, all these things that, that are an important factor to us. And we can use those areas then to also harness um, the specific energies of those areas and say, you know, like, I want to focus on my career right now. Let's enhance the career area of my home. I want to focus on abundance and bringing in more wealth. Let's enhance the wealth area of my home. Um, You know, for people who are looking for love and relationships, you can use feng shui as a tool to either improve existing relationships or to bring in new ones. So, you know, all of that is kind of the power of feng shui. And as entrepreneurs, it's such a fantastic tool in our tool belt. We talk so much about doing the inner work and the mindset work and, you know, understanding ourselves. But there's also the outer work, understanding our home, understanding our spaces. And then to get to that layer of decor and furniture and everything else, understanding the items that we have in our spaces and how they affect us both consciously and subconsciously. Um, And really, if the things that we have around us, are they there for our highest good or not? You know, Mm. so feng shui is this amazing tool that enables us to take a whole other look at what's going on in our lives and apply the, you know, the methodologies in order to, like I said, create harmony, to create expansion and to create abundance yeah so can I ask a couple of questions because now I'm curious (laughs) of course so like you said I'm myself I work from home right and as we speak I my desk is is in the living room area right so I'm just curious like what would be some things that you would recommend me to to look at it I don't, I don't even know if that's possible without knowing the home and itself but are there some basics because I, I do remember there's something with doors um you don't want to I don't remember what it was to be you want to be able to see the door yeah so there are different layers so 
you know, with traditional feng shui, you really need someone to actually do the energetics of your home. Mm-hmm. But then those layers of more sort of intentional feng shui, those are things that you can sort of teach and help people in, in um, without really knowing what's going on. And, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing right now looking at you is that you have a solid wall behind you, which is a really good thing um, in feng shui when we're setting up our workspaces, because what we want is to have a view of the door, like you said, you were asking about the doors, is because, you know, that sort of represents the energy coming in towards you. And you want to be able to see what's coming at you while behind you, both with your desk chair and the, what is behind you, you want to be supported. You want that solid wall, you want that support and the same with your desk chair. And this, I say both as a designer and as a, you know, Mm. a feng shui um, consultant is that an, like a well, um, an ergonomic chair that's supportive and well-made is really, really important because it supports us as we work both physically and energetically. Um, Other things that are important, you know, is just, When you are, you know, you're in your living room, so most likely there's not a wall in front of you, but it would be really great if you could set up your space so that there is no wall in front of you when you're setting up your office spaces so that you're not feeling like you're energetically also running into a wall. You know, you want to have that expanse, you want to have that space um, rather than feeling like you're constantly up against something. Yeah, I know that makes a lot of sense because I actually I, I used to have the desk in another way where I did not have a wall behind me and it fell off. So at some point I moved it, I guess, intuitively. And I so it's it's nice to know that that's really, really helpful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And and so when I would love to hear the experience of what it means to work with you, like who are your ideal clients? What does a process look like? Where do you take them from A to Z? throughout the process so it's actually um more often than not I work with women a lot of them are either you know um mothers and entrepreneurs or both you know like one or the other or both a lot of times they are in relationships um but it it's sort of you know to be honest it's anyone who is interested in understanding their home, utilizing it as a tool, and is, you know, they don't actually have to be a believer in feng shui, but it helps. And I think more often than not, the people that I work with, there's a certain level of belief in spirituality. Um, You know, they might be interested in things like human design, or, you know, I love the word woo. So more into things like that, you know, know, that, that level of interest in the spiritual and crystals and energetics. Um, And these are often women who are, you know, they are ambitious, because what they want in any aspect of their life is to create the best possible uh, scenario for themselves. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're all corporate you know, this or, or, you know, full on entrepreneurs, they could be working part time, but it's, it's that inner aspiration. It's that desire to take the steps towards a better life and the willingness to make changes in order to bring that about. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I start working with people, oftentimes they come to me because there is some sort of issue, either they feel as though uh, 
you know, something isn't quite right. And I think a lot of times it's hard to put your finger on it. You're in your home. It might look very pretty, but energetically, you just, you don't feel at ease or, you know, like you intuitively felt that your desk wasn't in the right position. It's that same intuitive feeling that there's something in your home that may not be for your highest good. Um, a lot of times the, the issues are, are more apparent. You're having financial struggles or you're having relationship struggles. And those relationships can be um, both, you know, a romantic relationship, but also they can be with kids between your children. It can be relationships with colleagues, but things just don't flow. And you feel like you're constantly sort of taking uh, one step forward, two steps back, or there's a bit of a roller coaster. And a lot of times we do the mindset work. We do the money mindset work. We take the time to take better care of ourselves. And yet we still encounter these problems. And and when people come to me, I think it's because they often realize, okay, I've tried all these things and something is still not quite right. Maybe it's not me. Maybe there's something more to it. Mm-hmm. And we start off, it's a very simple process. You know, I want to get to know my clients. I want to get to know their homes. Sometimes I'm lucky and people, you know, they have an understanding of their home. Either they've lived there a long time or they know who lived there before they did. Um, sometimes we're starting from scratch and we're just going based on what is happening in the home. So I start off with an in-depth questionnaire that really helps me get to know the clients, who's living in the house, what's going on in the house. Um, and then from there, um, I collect the information that I need to create this blueprint and I create a report for my clients. And it has all of the information on the type of house that they have what the remedies that they need are, where those remedies go, and then, you know, how can we implement them? And as a designer, I like to work with my clients, not only to make sure that they have the right remedies, but that they have things that work aesthetically with their spaces. Um, And I have different ranges of packages. So it depends on whether someone is looking just to do the feng shui, or if they also want me to integrate some design advice and take a look at their spaces and you know, maybe we work with their office or their bedroom to, to move things around or look at their art. There are different layers, you know, to feng shui and we can, we can really delve deep um, into all of the intentional layers as well as, like I mentioned to art, like what is in your home? If you're looking for a relationship, are you surrounding yourself with images of single women? Or are you surrounding yourself with images of like happy couples, you know, things like that, that seem so simple, but we often don't even think about it. That's true. Um, And I like to integrate other aspects of this work, because for me, it's a holistic process, right? There's so much about the energy of our home, but we also have to, we have to work a little bit on the mindset and we have to work a little bit on, um, you know, decluttering for me, it's not feng shui, but it's such a massive part of it because it helps clear and move energy. Yeah. May I share something? Because as you went, of course, I had the, there is the, what is it called? The KonMari method. Yes. Yeah. I was going to ask about it because I have noticed that, and this is also in the self-development coaching. It's a, it's a big thing, decluttering, right? Yeah. We need to, we cannot get the new furniture while we still have the old one in here. We need to get rid of the old and to let yeah. it go, right? And every time when I have a big up level in my life before, 
I clean my house, I get rid of stuff, I throw out old papers. I One time I actually, KonMari style, I redid my closet, folding everything. And I have actually maintained it since then. I'm, I'm so proud. And it just makes you feel more grounded. And, and Absolutely. it opens up no space. And, and I'm, I'm a very also big fan of this minimalism. The, the less stuff mm -hmm. I have, it's just, it brings zen and calmness to me as opposed to like all the stuff and then you know here in America, yeah. it's all about stuff and <laughs> so definitely it, there's a correlation right in that in that way to 100 and what you mentioned about that up leveling um it is very tied because basically what you're doing is you're signifying to your house and to your space and to the universe if you want to say that um that you are making space and that you are also letting go of things that no longer serve you, right? Something that I really like about the KonMari method is that, you know, she doesn't really talk about it as much, but Shintoism is really in like imbued in her process. It's why she thanks objects before they go, because fundamentally there's the belief that, you know, objects have their own sort of essence to them. Mm. And, um, I wrote about this recently, actually, in my newsletter about how, you know, we might not even think about how objects have like their own sort of energy to them. But if we think about the energy that we place on them in terms of our memories, in terms of our interactions with these objects, it's not hard to see why, you know, if you have this scarf that was given to you um, by someone you don't like or given to you, you know, as a an apology for something that happened, you're always going to associate that scarf with that, mm. with that situation. And then, you know, or maybe you wore it one night and you, you were ready to have the best night of your life. And actually you had a horrible night and you ended up in tears and it was just like the worst thing. That, that's the energy that that scarf now carries for you. So when we hold on to it and we let it sit in our closet, we're letting that energy, that connection sit in our closet. Um, And it's the same thing with something as benign as paperwork. You know, if we had a business at one point in time and we decided to pivot and change, but we kept all the paperwork of that old business, that energy is still staying with us in our home. So allowing these things to have served their purpose. And if we no longer need them, you know, maybe you need your tax records, fine. Then you store them in the appropriate place. But, you know, you also make sure that these things are in the appropriate home they're in a drawer they're filed away they're not in your bedroom they're not under your bed you know so that we're not harboring these types of energies in spaces where they don't belong mm. yeah no this is also powerful because i'm literally having all these light bulb moments as you speak <laughs> we also and especially since those of us that work from home i mean we spend so much time in the homes and i think especially Now we're getting kind of out of it, but during COVID, right? Like we have been home and home and home and yeah. like making that environment that we're in almost 24-7 really pleasant and warm and welcoming is, is just, it's just so important for our health and our well-being, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, to me, feng shui, it's not a magic wand, but it, it is magical it has the power to really help us, um, you know, see. And, and oftentimes, you know, we, like with mindset work, um, we have a goal, we have a desire, we want to achieve something. 
And as we move towards that and we expand our knowledge and we expand our viewpoints, we start to see that actually that goal is not right for us. And feng shui similarly can open up our horizons to help us see, you know, that there's more out there than what we might have expected. A lot of times you hear people saying this or or better, you know, and I feel like feng shui also functions on that level of, you know, it's clearing the path. It's opening up the expansion. So things are coming in and it might not be exactly what we thought, but it is steering us towards our higher good. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's incredibly powerful. And I also realized when you were talking, because we do hold on to things, right? And especially you were mentioning like that it's associated with people. Um, because I know myself, I I held on to some things from you know past relationships for a really long time. And I actually I'm motivated now. And I, I over the years I have gotten rid of things, but now I'm actually like, you know, there's probably still some stuff somewhere in my drawers or somewhere that I can actually get rid of. And I'm now really excited to do that. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's really powerful too. I mean, I think when it comes to relationships, that's especially important. Mm. Also, because a lot of times we don't even consciously think about it. And, you know, um, I had a client who I was speaking to who had recently gone through divorce and um, you know, I asked her, is she holding on to things from her previous marriage? And in her own bedroom, she had, you know, her wedding ring from before her wedding dress and several other mementos from her past marriage. And I said, you know, if you're keeping those because you want to keep them for your children or you want to keep them for whatever reason, please do. But please take them out of your bedroom, find a box, store them and put them somewhere where you know that this is only for them. And it's, it's going to go to that child at the time that's right. But don't keep it in your room. Don't keep it in the space where you are currently living and trying to make a new life. Um, You know, it's like mattresses. I feel like um, that that idea that, you know, you buy something for 10 years or however long and you keep it that long because it's a big investment. Sometimes it's okay to say this has served me and it's now time to let go because it has the energy of years past. Like if you've been dating for 15 years and you get married, buy a new mattress with your spouse. You know, like these are things that you can do yeah. to kind of shift that energy very subtly. You don't even have to, you know, go into the deep dive, but these are things that you can do. And decluttering is a huge part of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I literally, what you were just sharing is also there are a couple of items in my place that I know energetically they need to go still. Um, so, yeah, this is just, it's so powerful. But yeah, even the the things we have in our homes, they carry energy. Everything is energy, right? So Everything, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just love this conversation. Um, I'm, I feel super inspired and um, really excited. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> things around and um get rid of more stuff and because i always know anytime i do that it's just such a blissful um experience and now i want to talk a little bit um about because this is all about slowing down here right this podcast yeah. and so i'd love to hear from you and, and a little bit if that's okay with you from the context of your human design so yeah. you're a four six manifester with emotional authority and I would just love to hear how just learning that about yourself 
um, you know, has allowed you to slow down a little bit more? It was actually a massive revelation for me. Um, and I think in part because I spent my whole life sort of living as a generator mm. <laughs> and being married to a, a manifesting generator, there was no time for slowing down. It was always like, you know, you go, you go, you go. And I felt for such a long time, like so exhausted. Um, and it wasn't even just a level of sleep, you know, I mean, yes, I'm a mother of three sleep is not always something that I have the luxury of getting, but it was like an internal exhaustion. And it wasn't until I realized that I'm supposed to rest and that there was an explanation for that burst of energy where sometimes I could get like a million things done in half an hour. And then the next day I couldn't do anything at all understanding that that wasn't because there was something wrong with me mm. was really amazing for me. Um, and, you know, in recent times going through sort of this transition with my business where I am focusing much more now on feng shui or design with feng shui, as opposed to just traditional interior design, um, you know, I think my habits and my history would be to like barrel through everything and really rush and try and get everything out there. And now I'm taking my time and I'm doing it slowly. And when I have the energy and I have that inspiration and I feel like I can kind of go and do a ton of things, I do. And when I feel that that, that energy has finished, I stop. And it's been a really beautiful blessing for me because it's enabled me to do this without feeling like I'm going to just burn out or fizzle out or stop. Mm. Um, I think by the same token, it's also been a big lesson for me because as a result of how I've always functioned, I've become very impatient. Yeah. That I think that patience is such a, for any type, honestly, it's like, huh, because we want things to happen faster. Right. And yeah almost anything and and so you are a manifester you actually one of the fastest types in a way to make decisions but you have this emotional authority so for big decisions you gotta ride out your wave and really slow down it may, it may be an extra challenge because you just wanna go make it happen yeah right? and just inform people and i'm doing this not asking for permission but there is that emotional way that just wants to be felt and that's where you ultimately get your clarity and um exactly it's asking us to slow down trust the universe it will all work out the way it's meant to work out so and that's a hard thing to do <laughs> but you have to trust and i think you know one of the things that brought me to feng shui was that is is that sort of knowing that I am taking steps to bring about better things and more energetically aligned things and to create a life that is more in, in tune with like who I am as a being, as opposed to who I've been conditioned to be. Mm -hmm. um, I think there is that distinction. It's, you know, the energy doesn't lie. So it's your house is working towards the benefit and betterment of that inner being that like who you are at your soul level, mm -hmm. as opposed to necessarily who you think you are, who you're trying to be. Um, because it's about 
an energetic match. And sometimes, you know, this comes up where, for example, I live in a reverse house. A reverse house is a home that is not actually supportive of relationships or supportive of money. Um, and having had the experience in this home prior to feng shui and now, I can see there's a world of difference. Um, but, you know, the question is, did I come to this home because that was where my vibration was and then discover feng shui because that's where my soul level was going? You know, these are things you kind of have to think about and I don't necessarily have an answer, but I do think there is something to that to say that this home for me was a wonderful gateway to expansion. And part of that was learning about where it was vibrationally and where I can take it. Yeah, that's really powerful. Now, of course I wanna, so there, can you explain this a little bit? So there's, you, you call it a reverse house and yes. a reverse house is not supportive but you can then still make changes to make it supportive? Absolutely. So, um, you know, in an ideal world, we all live in a Wang Shuan Wang Shui house, which is good for people, good for money. Mm -hmm. It supports your wealth. It supports your relationships. It supports your health. Um, the next best thing is to have a home that supports your relationships and health and isn't as good for money. Um, then obviously to have a home that supports you financially, but not from a health and relationship standpoint, and then the last option is to have one that supports you in neither aspect. Every single one of these homes has a remedy, both externally that we can do to, to shift the energy of the home and help it be more supportive for relationships and more supportive for um, wealth. And then every single home has internal remedies that we can then use to balance it even further because the way the numbers fall on the energetic blueprint is created, it can tell us different things about our space and also the shape of our house. It, it plays a part. A lot of homes, um, you know, if, if it was up to any feng shui um, practitioner, every home would be a re rectangle or square. There would be no missing parts. There would be no indents and, and sort of things coming out. Because that makes sure that the energetic blueprint, that Bagua map of the nine areas is fully intact. When a home is of different shapes, you could be missing areas. Mm -hmm. So you might be missing the area that belongs to helpful people in travel. You might be missing the area that belongs to creativity. You might be, you know, or to your career. And then you find that these things are a struggle while you're in that home. So feng shui has a remedy for that. We put in mirrors in a special way in order to sort of energetically fill the space that's absent. Mm. Um, and using things like metal or wood, which is plants, not, not like wood tables because those are inert, but your plants um, like growing wood um, or uh, water, any of these remedies, we place them in different areas to, to enhance romantic relationships, to enhance wealth, to enhance, um, you know, in some cases, you can even take a look at a home and see how it affects fertility. You can take a look at a home and see how it affects, um, you know, certain people in the family, like maybe the, the father or head of the household, um, male head of the household, or the female head of the household. You can take a look and see how it affects the eldest son, the youngest daughter, all of these different things um, and then apply these remedies to mitigate those energies. 
and ensure that, you know, like you said, there is something we can do about living in a reverse house and the energy of my home. I feel after, you know, the last three or four years of being feng shui is very different than it was four years ago. And, you know, eventually I will leave this home in search of something that is even more supportive, Mm -hmm. but knowing that it has been feng shui, I'm comfortable in my home knowing that things are happening the way they showed or in for for the better mm. wow this is so interesting now i want to check out my home what it is <laughs> this is really- i feel like everyone should have feng shui so yeah no it's so it's um, you know we know a lot of things but now you open up a whole new world of awareness and and again this is the places we live and it's we spend the majority yeah. of time at and It's just so, so important. Um, Thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom. Um, As you know, I'm really intrigued um, by the topic. I love it. And so I love you. You include the interior design um, aspect. And you also have that gate 44 in your human design chart, which is all about it loves beautiful things and (laughs) have things pretty. I have that in my chart, too. So um, because I I love to decorate and rearrange things in my home. It actually lights me up. And I don't know if it's going to be one of my hobby one day. So like a side hustle or something like that. But I just, I love just the feel of like spaces. Like, like, I think that's the word you use something like they feel aligned, right? Yeah. They feel like you feel peaceful, you feel calm, you feel grounded. You feel like, yeah, you arrived, you're home. And that is just so important. Um, so I really appreciate everything you shared. And so how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Maybe they want to book a session with you. Um, so there's multiple ways. I um, have my website, which is www.themeasuredlife.com. And the measure is spelled with a Z like Zurich. Mm-hmm. Um, and on there, they can sign up for my newsletter. Um, they can, there's actually some free downloads as well. So people can take a look and, and there's some stuff about aligning your bedroom or, um, you know, there's also affirmations and other things to sort of help you get into the mindset work that goes along with it. Um, they can also find me on Instagram by the same name. The measured life is my Instagram handle. Um, and yeah, through the website, they can also email me and you can book sessions and book packages directly there as well. Awesome. I love that. So thank you so much again for being here, sharing all your wisdom. Um, I'm excited to learn more now and, um, yeah, just thank you so much for sharing all of this with my audience. Oh, thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure. Lights me up to talk about it. Yeah, exactly, right? That's what we all want to do. Just do what lights you up. And that's what I invite all your listeners as well. Follow your bliss. Do what lights you up. And I want to thank you for listening. And I see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, then please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. And if you also know someone that you know in your heart could benefit from listening to this podcast, then I invite you to please share and help me reach more conscious leaders so we together can create global impact. I truly appreciate you and see you next time.